What does Easter look like for you? How do you celebrate it? What sort of traditions do you have? Is Easter for you all about Easter bunnies and Easter baskets and egg hunts? Is it made up of a tradition of going to church in the morning and a family lunch following? What is it like? How do you spend that day? Do you spend time thinking or talking about Jesus? Or is he even involved in your day? 35,000 decisions. That's the average number one adult makes a day. Some are minuscule, others are paradigm shifting. But how many are we making and we're not even considering the ripple effect they're setting into motion? She chooses as a place purpose to help women harness decision-making power by allowing God to open our eyes and give us courage to make the one that leads to obedience to his plan, the one that leads us to the promise of hope and future that he's laid out for each of us. If you find yourself in a place where life seems to be obstructing that view and your current state is stuck, meet me at She Chooses where together we work intentionally to choose Jesus over and over again. Last week, we spoke about his triumphal entry to Jerusalem. This week, we're going to talk about how that triumphal entry into Jerusalem changed into him being led in triumph to Pilate. We really drilled into or dialed into those huge crowds of people that had followed him, marveling over his words and um, witnessing him heal the countless people. They had seen all of these things. They were shouting his praises in that moment. Remember John chapter 21, verse 25, it says, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Many believed in his name because they saw these signs, these things that we don't even know about because this book, the world cannot contain everything that he did. They saw these things. They recognized who he is. They literally, this crowd of people, they literally called him the King of Jews. They called him their Messiah, their Savior. And here today, we step into the place where they are calling for his blood. During this study, this episode, we're going to focus in on Barabbas. Who is Barabbas? What do we know about him? Barabbas, we are going to explore lots of different details that scripture presents to us about him and some things that we know and can draw from his life. His name means son of a father. When you look at that closer, you break it down. We see Bar and we see Abba. We know Abba, it's this term of endearment. It's similar to saying daddy, but even the word daddy can water down the depth of its true meaning. When I think about that, it draws an image in my mind. It makes me think of an obedient and trusting, innocent child holding on to every word of their good father, which in turn, it, it makes my mind think of us being one of God's children. God is our Abba Father. He is our rescuer, the one who steps in to help us, whether we're right, whether we're wrong. He is the one who has our back, and he is always there fighting for our good. The wages of sin is death, which we find Barabbas, we find he is facing exactly that. 
What was God's solution in the garden? What is God's solution today? There was no other option in his mind. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 tells us, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Barabbas versus Jesus. This is what we're seeing with this. We take the meaning of his name. It's, it's really the son of a father saved by the son of the father. Barabbas, he is mentioned in all four Gospels of the New Testament. We talked about it last episode. The same is true um, when we learn that the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, it is also noted in all four of those Gospels, which is just remarkable. We're going to spend a little bit of time. It's so important that we see what every account of these gospel writers are saying about him. Matthew chapter 27, verse 15 through 26 reads this. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they would ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could pre prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all of the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then release he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. The account of Mark reads this in Mark chapter 15, verse 6 through 15. Now at that feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them, that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people, that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said unto them, What will ye then that I shall do unto him who ye call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why, what evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had him scourged to be crucified. Luke chapter 23, verse 18 to 24 says this, I will therefore chastise him and release him, for of necessity he must release one of them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas. 
who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant with loud voices, requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. In the last mention, in the last gospel, we find in John chapter 18, verse 38 through 40, it says this, Pilate said unto them, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. When we read those four accounts, what details stand out to you? When I look at them, I see Matthew and Mark. Their accounts are very similar. He was delivered to the court because of the Pharisees' envy. Pilate knew these things. I see Pilate's wife telling him to have nothing to do with this man. She has had dreams, and she is seeing that as a warning of Jesus' innocence, not wanting Pilate to have anything to do with him. I also see the chief priests, they were working that crowd. They were prepping those people to choose Barabbas. All four call out the Jewish custom that a prisoner is to be released to them during the Passover. Pilate, we see him telling the crowd, three different times that he has found no fault in Jesus at all. We see in this that Barabbas was, he's a political terrorist. He had committed murder in the name of the Jewish cause. I see in these, you know, worldly justice and how it is easily manipulated to injustice. We see this now if you look at the headlines and you see things that are transpiring. Oh boy. They lived what we are living today. Pilate, we know that he he was the governor. He's this worldly leader, but ultimately it was the mob of people who judged Jesus. Pilate was the rightful judge, but the people were the ones who ultimately judged him. This worldly government that we see laid out here, it caved to the demands of the people. We see here the crowd calling for Jesus's blood out of hatred. Later, we find out that Jesus, he poured it out on them in love. Scripture, it doesn't tell us anything further about Barabbas's life. I wonder if we'd pause for a moment and just think about what what do you think was going through Barabbas's mind as all of this was unfolding? Did he catch a glimpse of God's mercy over his life? Was he overwhelmingly grateful? Did he change the course of his life? Was he completely numb to it all? We don't know, but it's something that's very interesting to think through. What would we be like in that moment if the position was changed? What do we see here in these accounts that parallel to our own relationship with Jesus? Do you see yourself as Barabbas? 
there are so many different avenues that we can move down when we look at him. But today I just want to focus in on two of them. The first I want to look at is the choice in the garden is the same choice we see playing out there in the courtyard. When we look to this message, we see the trees in the garden. They reemerge very, very clearly. This time they're standing in front of us as Jesus, who is the tree of life, and Barabbas, who is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Jesus, he, he holds the promise of hope and future, relationship with God, communion with God. He is the door to life. Barabbas, he is the quick fix. He is the here and the now. He is what the people expected Jesus to be. What we see play out, it leads to the door to the temporal, the here and the now. Eve, she was persuaded by the serpent in the garden. The people were persuaded by the chief priests in that courtyard. The religious leaders, they had worked that crowd. They had been persuading them. Just as that serpent was persuading Eve, they persuaded those people to choose Barabbas over Jesus. Think about that. Eve gave ear to the serpent. She allowed a question to drop into her mind, and that question, it simmered and it grew. The people, they gave ear to the priest. They allowed a question to simmer in their own mind. Eve followed the serpent. The people followed the priests. Those people had been taught. They had been conditioned. They had been trained to do what the priests told them to do. We learn all about that in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 8. But their leaders were blind. Those leaders were filled with malice and they were filled with rage. And it caused them to forget altogether anything about order or decency. I told you in the last episode, we talked about how those people were expecting a Roman overthrow. Barabbas was what the people expected Jesus to be. They wanted Rome overthrown. They were not looking for their sin to be overthrown. The Jews, we see here, they're offered a choice. They chose to set Barabbas free, the very type of criminal who actually posed a genuine threat to their peace and security. They released him. Barabbas had been convicted. He had been found guilty for the same crime that Jesus had been accused of, that Pilate had found him innocent of, that Jesus had been acquitted of. But the crowd, they were out of control and demanding that there be an overrule of the governor's finding. Pilate, he caves, he releases the criminal, and he condemns the innocent. We often do the same. We place priority over the here and now rather than what Jesus desires to do. And when we do this, we're placing idols in front of the Lord. Barabbas provided a temporal solution. We hear a very brief mention of him in Acts, and that's it. Jewish tradition will tell us that he died in another insurrection against Rome. Really is a picture of the same as our efforts when we don't choose Jesus. He fought Rome. Jesus fought sin. His actions were fruitless. Jesus' actions were fruitful. Acts chapter 3 verse 14 is where we hear of his last mention. But you disown the holy and righteous one and ask for a murderer to be granted to you. So often we find ourselves in front of our own tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't we? The second point I want to draw out today in this episode is how Barabbas' story parallels our own. 
as offensive as it feels, we truly are Barabbas. What do we know about him? We already talked about the meaning of his name. We know that his life, it intersects that of Christ at the trial of Jesus. We know he's been com he's committed murder in the insurrection. And insurrection is, it's a rising against civil or political authority. Again, that's what the people thought Jesus was going to do against the Romans. Barabbas is this notable prisoner. It says, who for a certain sedition made in the city, right? He's a prisoner. He was sent to prison for this sedition. A sedition is a speech that was designed. It was purposed to incite people to rebellion. They wanted to rebel against the Romans. Barabbas had done that. And he's sitting there in prison for it. And not just that, he murdered someone. He was cast into prisoner and he was a robber. Again, he had already been convicted. There was proof that he had done these things and he was set to be executed by crucifixion. The ultimate, the worst way to face execution. We parallel ourselves to this. We are the ones convicted of the crime. Jesus is the one crucified in our own place. Scripture tells us all have fallen short, that not one of us is righteous, not even one. Barabbas, he deserved the judgment that was already given to him, but Jesus accepted the judgment. Barabbas was the murderer. Jesus was the murdered. Barabbas, he typifies for us. Jesus is that substitutionary atonement for sinners that he is. There are so many parallels that we can draw between Barabbas and, and the day of atonement and the sacrifice of Jesus. And we, we learn about the Day of Atonement when we read Leviticus chapter 16, verses 8 through 40, 34. The parallel, though, for that chunk specifically that I want to focus on now are the two goats that were offered during what we know as Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was the only day, the only one time in the year that the high priest could step into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. It was on that day that he would make atonement for the people's sin. Before entering, though, there were lots that were cast between two goats. One goat would be set free to roam the wilderness, and this was symbolic of the sins they are leaving the people. And this goat was called the scapegoat. The other goat, known as the Lord's goat, was then sacrificed, and its blood was used for the atonement of all of Israel. As those two goats stood before the high priest, it paints the same picture of Jesus and Barabbas. They're standing there before Pilate as one goes free and the other is sent to death. What we see in Barabbas is God's desire to release even the chief of all sinners. We look here and we see that the upright is the ransom for the transgressor, the just for the unjust. Jesus was delivered to the cross so that we could be delivered. Barabbas was a sinner in need of a savior. We are a sinner in need of a savior. We are Barabbas. And the more that we focus on this, the more evident it becomes. And the beauty 
of God's sacrifice on the cross, it is amplified and it becomes more and more personal and less and less of a tradition and a checkbox. As we continue to dial into what Easter is really all about, I want us all to be reminded over these coming days of these parallels that exist. That our choice between this world and our Father and those that exist between Barabbas and ourselves, that those would become more and more clear and that we would be reminded that our Savior willingly went to Calvary in our place. That 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 thought right there would draw us into a beautiful state of repentance. That we would be reminded of the goodness of our Father and his passionate pursuit of our heart and his true desire that not one of us should perish. You just listened to an episode of the She Chooses podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with me. I appreciate it so much. I pray that this episode was able to encourage you in some way, shape, or form. And I ask if it has, would you just please take a moment and leave a review Let others know what you think about the podcast because when you do, what it does is it elevates this podcast in the search results of others, making it easier for them to find encouragement to their day. 